Okay, with Ryan Skinner, Hunt, Hunt Man's Land is the, is the feature screenplay winner at the Sci-Fi Fantasy Film Festival. Is this is a TV pilot, correct? Yeah, TV pilot. Yep. So, how, how many episodes are you thinking? Is it a miniseries or is it like an ongoing show? Like, um, I we have six planned for the first season. I've, the other six in the in the show bible, and we have probably eight for seasons two and three, and there's some room for beyond that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of smaller episode counts per season. Um, I just think you can tell kind of a, a more intimate story with, you know, I think more impactful storylines when when there's less of an episode count. Um, Sometimes they stretch the, the story, I guess, right? To get more oh, episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like eight is the new 13. Like it used to be 13 back in the day. And then like when we were like little kids, it was like 22, but like way back in like the 90s. So I feel like eight is pretty, six or eight is pretty good right now. Well, like I guess sitcoms, I guess. But yeah, back in the day, they were doing like uh, ER or whatever. They were doing 20, 24 episodes a year. Yeah, I know. Isn't, isn't that mind? Isn't that mind blowing? That like, like they did like yeah, like X Files. I think X Files did like twenty six episodes. It's. I remember like nine hundred two one zero did like thirty one episodes one year. <laughs> Just like yanking them out, I guess. But they can they, all the, the cast. It's the crew grind on the crew, but the cast can. It's more of an ensemble, so they can spread out. I guess right. And yeah, do yeah, lots I, of I, plots and like kind of spread out the cast. I joke around with my, with my friend uh, about the old show Swamp Thing in the early 90s that they did like 36 episodes one season, but like, who knows, maybe they did because like, it's just ridiculous, the the old episode counts. Yeah. Um, oh, the yeah. writer's room. But th- that was the day where like, where you had to, you had to like, the, the sh- an episode was airing at a certain date, a certain time, and you had to get that in the, in the, in the can, so to speak. Like you, you're, there was a deadline all the time. Now it's more kind of like, when the creative mindset works, I guess they can they can extend in the editing process. Like I remember, like Ted Lasso, I think they were in editing for like a year with that show. Yeah, yeah, they're essentially like, and this is kind of the vision with Hot Men's Land. It, it's kind of like one long movie spread out over six to eight episodes. You know, yeah. where where I think a lot of the stuff we grew up on was like obviously much more episodic and like spread out across you know ten months basically of twenty two episodes or whatever. But um. But yeah, I think that's you know what we're getting on streaming now, and I think it's awesome. I think it's pretty cool. But I I do kind of miss the old uh, the old twenty two episode seasons. Sure, well, because it's part of our childhood, right? It's like what we oh, know. Yeah. yeah, everything's oh, yeah. changed now, right? Hundred percent. All right, so a TV star learns his best friend from childhood has died and heads back to his hometown to his funeral. He realizes that his dead friend has created an entire fantasy universe that could hold the key to his death. And so you set up the kind of concept where this guy's already a known known figure, and he basically is going to try to find the mystery of his uh, friend's death. And you're going into two different worlds: the world of fantasy uh, and the world of reality. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of like of fantasy, but I, I I feel a lot of the fantasy and sci-fi I see on on television, even in the movies, is way too. Um, like it's it's fantasy for fantasy sake and like i feel like what i mean by that is it has to have a certain feel where my thing is like why well, can't fantasy also still still feel very grounded i know those seem like two contradictory ideas but um the idea that it can be this still kind of grounded uh thing that you treat with some type of like earnestness to me is like 
kind of interesting um and also the idea of like this guy being a tv star and so much of his world is is a a fantasy on some level yeah um i think it's is that why you like the t why is that why you made the lead lead actor a tv star yeah i think we pull up play in the script especially throughout the show but especially in the pile we play with the idea of like um what is real and what isn't and like so much of our lives are accepted fantasy that we just kind of deal with um and we kind of just accept like you know like we you know we tell ourselves certain things that we know probably aren't true just to get us through like the day sometimes and where does that line blur and just because someone comes up with this crazy idea for like you know uh, a fantasy story doesn't mean it's any less relevant to that person than the the stuff we might tell ourselves each day um so um that to me was yeah and totally and you know that's a huge reason why we made him a TV star, the uh, the lead. So you're seeing we. Who else is besides you? Um, I mean, I I guess I guess it's really just me. Um, I have bounced this off a few people in terms of getting like feedback and stuff, but right now it is uh, it is really just me. Um, there's a couple other projects I'm working on now that are more collaborations, but this is really just uh, just a solo endeavor for now. There was an agency um attached very briefly. Um, and the, obviously the strike changed a lot of, uh, stuff in terms of, uh, in terms of all that. So we're, we're hoping to still get, uh, people, uh, back on board in terms of producer and, and all that. Um, but, uh, that was really just because of the strike and we had to kind of stop everything for the time being. So that all that stuff will hopefully come back around when, uh, gotcha. when so you're, you have to, you're kind of forced to write on spec now, I guess. Right. In some respects, yes. I mean, um, for TV and film, especially, you know, you got to write on on spec, um, comic books and plays and video game stuff um, is kind of outside the WGA, but um, films and TV for sure. For for the time being, for at least the summer, it's it's all it's all on spec. So you you're a, you have an agent already, right? You're with uh, Max Steiner, I guess. Yeah, yeah, with uh, with the Max Steiner agency. So tell me about what's happening now. Are you just, they're just not, they're like, call it, we'll, we'll talk when the strike is over. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of the situation with, with this project with Hot Men's Land, which is it had a lot of momentum and um, it just kind of, with a, with a lot of stuff, it kind of just stopped just because the strike happened and it was like, Hey, we got to kind of, you know, basically put everything at a stalemate right now. So hopefully um, when everything resolves and, and, we can the writers we everyone gets what they want you know this can go back to yeah kind of how it was but hopefully with um hopefully with the writers getting a little more money or a lot more money and hopefully some smart ai rules um so what's the thing know. with the what's the thing with the ai there does they... I, think, I, I think the biggest thing is just making sure there's no ai in like writers rooms and that and that there are clear defined like rules put in place for ai cannot be writing scripts you can't have algorithms you know writing scripts um which seems which seems like kind of a no-brainer but yeah obviously a studio or anybody if they can figure out a way to save a dime they're gonna they're gonna implement that so making sure there are firm rules in place for um the writers being actual real people and uh not computer programs which it's, i think is a pretty I, 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 yeah i find thing. that interesting because it's like they they they, they, the AI can't create their own. Like, it's like I, I was just talking about this today, where like it's like we, I've seen, we've shown AI films at our festival, but 
it's still someone telling the AI what to do creatively. I've seen some bad AI movies because the person who's working with the AI is not that creative or didn't or was it or didn't not a good storyteller. You still have to be a good storyteller to talk to the AI about the story, especially an original. You can recreate someone's story, you can re recreate someone's music, but you can't create the music. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure, for sure. I I think there's a lot of benefits to potentially being able to feed something into a program to maybe create like some type of animatic for like a sizzle reel if you have like a very crazy far out there idea you can like help the ai can do that but in terms of like writing scripts from the ground up like you're kind of saying like yeah you need that human intuition and you know if if and i think you're only going to see stuff get worse if if you know ai is allowed to 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 write stuff um well of course yeah but I, one of my, I guess my point is, is i don't think they can right they yeah, I think, extent, right? but I, I think I think the fear is that they want to if they're going to go on strike now. And I think the fear from people that are, that are at the WGA is like, let's nip this in the bud now, because gotcha. I feel like they probably wish they nipped it in the bud years ago. Um, but I'm very hopeful about it. And I think the biggest thing is making sure like writers rooms stay this collaborative, uh, <laughs> very human thing. Um yeah. Uh, in, it's, in the what do you think it's like it's no there's no site there's no uh are they even in the talking right now or like what's happening yeah i don't think there's any real talking i for everything i heard is that it'll probably get resolved sometime late summer early fall but i think a lot of that might be wishful thinking because like you just said there really is no talking yet so it's it's kind of strange i think the assumption is that people will just realize come the fall like oh god like the summer's over we have to start ramping up production on stuff we have no scripts yeah. like what the what the hell are we going to do so i think it'll probably get resolved by september and i hope it does but i also hope the writers get what you know um writing is tough and i hope uh you know we writers get what we the want, piece of the I pie think, that's basically yeah, it right piece of the pie some ai protections and i think at least knowing the streaming numbers more having more kind of uh clarity yeah. on the streaming numbers would be would be I think a, a no-brainer thing, but it's something that um, that still has to get fought for for some reason. Fifteen years. I don't know if you were around fifteen years ago, but the big when the, you guys had the strike in, in two thousand eight, it was all about the residuals for the internet, right? Yes. And yes. and someone who was working on the internet at the time, I didn't. I, I felt that the right they didn't understand how the numbers really worked. And uh, and like, because it was everything was all kind of. It was still the the wild wild west. It was still chaotic. It was still YouTube and rights and stuff like that. And they, they thought they made more money, but they as the more than they thought. And so, but streaming is like that. Like they, they, it's interesting that they keep those numbers very private, right? Like they don't really tell yeah. you how much how many views like on YouTube or sorry on on Netflix a film or a TV show is getting. I guess right. Yeah, and the knee-jerk reaction is to think like, oh, they don't want to show those numbers because they don't want people to know how much money they're making. They want to keep all that for themselves. But there's also kind of a a, a, a kind of school of thought that the reason they're not sharing those numbers is because they do not want people to realize how little some of these streaming networks are actually so. being viewed. And 100%. I think as time is progressing, that's what it really is. We're all starting to realize like, oh, God, no one's actually watching a lot of these streamers. Um, so it's kind of a, a be careful what you wish for thing, but I still think knowing those numbers and in the long run is is the best thing. Because um, people think that the a Apple or Amazon apps are 
just two examples are they there's more viewers than than what they are right i and, think so i think so and you yeah. can say like a show like we just i mentioned ted lasso before which is on apple but i think a lot of people are watching that show like not legally you know what i'm saying pop you know that's a good possibility for sure and it's also weird because i feel like when you just it's just also the branding of it like hulu apple tv amazon like they're such a part of our lives and our ecosystem yeah. but when you actually dig into how many people are watching lasso are, are watching like the foundation on apple tv or apple plus i should say um the numbers might not always be that good i'm sure it's going to vary from show to show i'm sure i'm, I'm sure there's going to be some shows where you're like oh damn like this actually does do great numbers i think netflix um, is doing well but like because the football like uh they had football on amazon last year and that's when people realized wait a minute they're, they don't got as many subscribers as we thought they did. Like there was only in a couple millions, right? I and know. I thought it was like 20 million, but it was really like, it was like, it was not even half. It was like, like 10% of what they thought. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's like, you know, you heard the numbers like a couple of years ago with Twitter, like Twitter, like 20 million Americans are on Twitter. And you would think like, wow, that's actually a sixth of the country so it's it seems big but when you think about it it also really isn't isn't that big for something that dominates seems to dominate our life so much yeah. that only you know a sixth of the of the country is actually on and so it's weird but i but i do hope uh at the very least we know the numbers um for those streamers yeah 100 percent. Right, so it is interesting sorry for, for that little segue there let's get back to your script all good so all good so like you said like the pilot is pretty it's pretty tight how long were you uh were you working on that like to make it and i'm sure you're are you still dabbling with it or are you like you've, you've locked it locked it down i think i'm still just trying to clean up some of the language i think it's always good to like get your script pound it out a month later go back to it with a fresh set of eyes do a second or third draft and then you know it, if you get into a fourth draft just really focus on cleaning up the language tightening up any dialogue um so i wrote it last year um like i said um had an agency attached to it and then the strike happened um so i've just been spending this time trying to like clean up the language and hopefully present an even more fleshed out kind of tight tighter script to them when when the strike ends um but um yeah i i i definitely write in acts for TV, which I think we were talking about the old school television shows. I feel like old school stuff like Star Trek Next Generation, they always wrote their TV and acts because they were always building to a commercial break. Yeah. And I feel like even if, if you, even if you don't have commercial breaks, that's a very healthy way to write TV, I think, still, because you have your rising action, you have your everything's building to that climax and that choice. Um, so I still write that way. Um, I probably finished the draft this in a month and then, like I said, spent another month or two uh going back and including up the language and and what's what motivates you like somebody your experience uh the, to submit the festivals you're just looking for ex like an outside feedback or what's your kind of motivation i think it's the whole shebang i think it's getting feedback from from people like you and and, and getting your work out there getting your voice out there getting kind of you know knocked around a bit that you know it's always healthy to, to to submit the stuff and get feedback to get rejected to realize what you got to get better at and it gets your name out there. It gets you in people's brains, get your scripts into people's brains, and you can hopefully become a part of the zeitgeist in terms of like, hey, here's a writer that's doing X and he wants to do Y. And, you know, it's it's nothing but a healthy process. I think the creating and then getting it out there um, 
process. Is it, it says that you're uh, on your Instagram, it says that you're uh, a writer, creator, and New York Jets fan. Yes. Correct, Amundo. Um, hopefully the Jets don't suck this year. So I'm from <laughs> Niagara Falls, born and raised. So that makes me a diehard Bills fan. And uh, so I've been, we've been, we've been fighting for a long time, but Monday night football opening day, you got uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen, I guess. Right. I know, man, Monday night, it's going to be so weird. You, you, the last few years as a Bills fan are used to playing in primetime games. The Jets are never in primetime anymore. So it's going to be Only very the last weird. few years. Like remember we, we, saw, <laughs> we were like, we, we, we were getting destroyed by the Patriots for just like you guys for a long time. Oh my gosh. You're the Patriots owned us for the last two decades. So it's nice now seeing them just be average again. Um, which is, which is nice, but yeah, dude, Bill's, Bill's Jets will finally be a proper, I think, game, uh, this year. Cause you guys have had a lot the last few years. You've been really, really good at just the, you've had some bad luck in the playoffs, which has a Jeff and we can relate to, um, cause even yeah. though we haven't been in the playoffs in a while, our playoff luck is, is terrible. And then you guys gave us your terrible coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was the crazy thing when they hired Rex. When you guys hire Rex, everybody down here in the media was like, "Why would they hire Rex Ryan?" Like, because that year you guys had just swept us. You had beat us both times that year, and it's like, "Why would you hire the guy that?" We had a good defense too, and and then yeah. we hired a defensive specialist, and he brought our defense down to the bottom of the of the of the. Like he 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 seemed to be past his past his prime a little bit. Yeah, I love Rex. We fired it within before two seasons were out. Like he he was he was fired like like a couple of se- couple of games left in the second year. Yeah, I do I do I do feel like Bills, the Bills and Jets and Lions were all and Browns fans were all like kindred spirits. So like if the Jets were ever out of it and you guys were like playing the Patriots, I'd obviously always root for you guys. Um, Here's the thing, like, though. You guys have a. I know it's before your time, before my time, but you guys have a Super Bowl. We don't have a Super that's Bowl. That's true. That's true. That's very, very true. Yeah, very before my time, and before a lot of people's time. Man had not walked <laughs> on the moon yet. Before man had not yeah, walked the on the moon. It wasn't even landed yet, right? When they. <laughs> I know. Well, my dad, who raised me as a Jet fan, he remembers that, and he was like, "Yeah, it was just a crazy time in New York sports because you had the Jets good, the Mets good, that's... the Knicks were good, which just it's amazing that all those teams which are have been so." kind of not great for so long we're all good at the same time but uh but yeah man september 11th is monday night bills jets it'll be it'll be fun and i think we play you guys again in like right before thanksgiving yeah but, we always we oh yeah but Aaron, yeah. i'm curious what he, how, how he's gonna do though aaron Rodgers, like he i'm excited he had a great season last year right so he didn't have a great season by his standards, but you know what? If you just took an average Aaron Rodgers and dropped us, dropped him on our team last year, we were in the playoffs. You yeah, know? you were in the playoffs. Yeah, you're better than yeah. Miami for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, well, it'll be fun though, man. I'm looking forward to it. I, I say that now as a very cautious uh, Jet fan. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you guys got a good defense, and yeah, but then he got he's got his coach back, Hackett. You guys, he's your OC, right? Yeah, we got him. That was the whole plan, I think, was to hire him to lure Aaron Rodgers here, which I guess worked because um, him and Aaron Rodgers are tight, apparently. I like the guy. I like uh, I like what he he's 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 outside the box. He's like he 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 thinks like not like an athlete, like he's obviously a very curious person. So I want to yeah. see like how he's going to handle the media like in, in New York. He's definitely different. It'll be fun. I think the media will probably be out to get him just because it'll make for way better stories um but um it'll be fun to see the jets for once in prime time that that's for sure um 
right. it'll be fun. All right. So yeah, because you have it as your third tagline. You're like a writer, creator, and, and Jets fan. So I had to. <laughs> well, so much, so much of writing and creating is pain and joy, and the Jets are a perfect encapsulation of of pain and joy. Sadly, I can't, I can't root lately. for your team, unfortunately, because they're in the we're in the same division. So, <laughs> but if they if you, they happen, then they, I understand what you're saying. Like there's kindred spirits, like in that kind of like Ford, like uh, Lake Erie, kind of like. Uh, you got like the Lions, you got the you got the Browns, you got the yeah, Bills, dude. and then down over in the big city, you got the other Jets, I guess, right? Yeah, that whole triangle, whatever of miserable football teams. Miserable, but, yeah. Know. Well, like we, we we have a we have a once in a lifetime quarterback, so let's just we. I just want to win one Super Bowl. That's all I'm looking for. Then I'll be happy. I, I can live in peace. I can be happy. <laughs> Too much pain. <laughs> All right, man. Well, the congratulations on the on the win. This is fantastic. Like I said, it's a very tight uh, TV pod. It's like it's it's ready to go. So uh, I wish you the best, and hopefully the strike will get settled and everybody will get what they want. And uh, this yes. will be a TV show down the line. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Great to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shamil.